0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Library of Games podcast. I'm your host, Hugo, and I'm here with my co-host, Taylor. Say hi, Taylor. Hello. And today I have two very special guests, specifically with our two alumni of our original Library of Games program. We have Max. Say hi, Max. What's up, guys? And we have Jacob. Say hi.
1: What's up, guys? My name's Jacob.
0: And uh, one little tradition we like to have is, like, what is... Can If you want to give, like, a little... Bit of who you are a little bit, and what's your favorite video game series? What's we'll that with you, Max?
2: Uh, well, uh, I'm a student here. I'm a student in Chicago at UIC. Uh, I've been playing games for as long as I can remember. Um, probably my favorite pastime of anything, and uh, as far as favorite game series go, that's hard to pin down. You know, there's so, so many great games out there, but I'd say The series that I've enjoyed the most artistically and gameplay wise is like the Soulsborne, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, like that selection of games, just the combination of difficulty and just fun worlds and fun gameplay all combined just are great.
0: I'm jealous of that choice because I I tried tried playing those games. They're just too hard. (laughs) All right. What about you, Jacob?
1: Hey, I'm Jacob. Uh, I go to City Colleges currently here in Chicago great place um and uh, my favorite game series is either super smash brothers or animal crossing as you know I've, I've played both of those my whole life you know they're they're very important to me like growth wise and like emotionally you know it's a thing you know it's a thing animal crossing good for when you're sad <coughs> what's up guys
2: <laughs> awesome great well, game to relax to for sure those type of like Oh yeah. What what do you call them? Life sim games? Not really life sim games, but like, I don't know how to classify Animal Crossing. I I do think it's considered called like a life simulator. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 what I thought. Yeah. They're great for relaxing. Definitely, especially like this
0: day and age of what's going on, right? (laughs) Oh yeah. All the crazy stuff. Yeah, Yeah. The
1: the new one was almost perfect. Like five days after quarantine starts in in Chicago, Animal Crossing drops.
0: I remember that was, like, a, such a hard game to get a hold of to a point, I think, where I think really? people just resorted to selling out digital copies of it. <laughs> All right, it was crazy, crazy times. Um, so, let's talk about our main topic for today is next-gen of consoles, or specifically just gaming, because I think also PC kind of goes in that category mm-hmm. as well.
1: Certainly. So
0: at the time of this recording, most of the info towards the next generation console, specifically the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X, have been kind of announced. And at this point we're just kind of waiting for the release date.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I was just wondering since I do believe we all have different perspectives of how we feel about next gen, I was wondering go around what do you how do you view next gen as a whole? Like what are you most excited about per se? I'll start with uh, you, Max.
2: Uh, So one of the things that I'm most excited about, uh, just a little perspective, is uh, I don't own a console other than a Switch. Um, I am a PC boy. Uh, And one of the things that excites me most is the idea of Xbox Game Pass. And when it comes to specifically the Xbox Series X exclusives, uh, I think at least some of them will be available on PC through Xbox Game Pass. Um, That's probably the thing I'm most excited for with the next generation. And that's not even technically tied to the next generation. It's tied to more just uh, the way Microsoft has been going with Xbox. But I'd say in terms of recent gaming news, that's the thing that I'm most excited about. And also the fact that the the consoles are going to be as powerful as like not mid-range PCs, but high-end PCs um, for a pretty reasonable price. So it's going to allow games in general to just look more beautiful and play better, uh, because things don't have to be, I don't want to say held back for consoles, but adjusted for consoles as much. Okay. All right. What about you, Jacob?
1: You know, uh, something kind of interesting that Max kind of uh, hinted at is like, you know, consoles are getting closer to computers, right? Um, so I kind of noticed, you know, with the difference in, like, the two Xbox models, you know, you have, like, the the big, like, tower that's, like, it's basically a PC, but, like, you know. Basically. It's also, like, why would you get that if you could just get a PC, though? Um, <laughs> whereas there's the smaller one that is pretty much, it's a really basic system. It's clearly for, like, you know, parents or, like, people who aren't really into gaming, just, like, normies who are going to play, like, Madden, like, FIFA, like, stuff like that. I think... um Especially because they just, what was it? They just uh, bought a deal to put all like the EA sports games on Game Pass, essentially, right? So like that's gonna be huge for what the Series S is gonna do. I mean, it's actually good
0: marketing. <laughs> yeah,
1: man. I mean, Microsoft like they they really slept last generation like they were garbage there's no reason to buy an <laughs> xbox one there's no reason to they buy had an, xbox an entire one.
0: they had an entire game console with almost no games
2: yeah, yeah. No, well no exclusives but and, and also then, just worse like everything like worse specs worse like in uh, interface i guess you could say i don't know there's a whole it was it was a that, waste but... of
0: money I kind of thought, like, uh, the one thing Microsoft kind of nailed the hammer on was specs, per se, with the Xbox One X, where I think their hardware was just much better. Than was it places. better? I was under the impression that it was worse. I'm probably wrong. I I, 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 I guess, guess what, I was wrong I, about that. I guess my biggest comparison is, like, I guess, uh, think of Red Dead Redemption 2, where I think in the, the best, aside from PC, where it plays the best is the Xbox One S. Really? To where... Uh, not one s uh one x not s <laughs> mm-hmm. x because it just obviously plays more attrition like a P, like a if it was a pc version and it can just
2: handle a lot more that that's the equivalent of like the ps pro right mm-hmm. the x yeah okay yeah. see that mm-hmm. shows how little i know about uh the this this current generation mm-hmm. i guess xbox it's just like I, I assumed ps4 was just better even in specs wise but i guess i was wrong that's my well, bad
0: no like that's the one thing like i think people don't uh, I kind of thought. Uh, my, I personally, my thought uh, was kind of common knowledge with both Xbox and Sony, and obviously Nintendo. If you want to throw them into the ring, is Microsoft has always been known to create or prioritize hardware more than it's prioritized with like exclusivity and deals. And the thing is, they came into the perspective of like, oh, if a game doesn't look good, what's the point? But I think they kind of missed the ball so much because they were trying to be something like a media center, yeah, rather I than a video that's game a good point than an actual video mm-hmm. game console. And that is the only reason why I believe the PlayStation kind of won this generation because we have, the, they, ha- they have enough exclusives to a point of
2: why should I buy an Xbox? The exclusives and the exclusives weren't just there were a lot of them. I feel like all of them were killers. God of War, Spider-Man, oh, yeah. um I'm 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 blanking on the other ones. Oh yeah, the, the um, Persona. The, yeah, for, yeah. Oh yeah. Persona the the new last of us uh which Uh, was you know people had mixed opinions on it i thought it looked pretty good i didn't get a chance to play it the first also the first last of us remastered um there's just i yeah i think the game selection was definitely like had it outclassed um
0: now before i even touch on that um I was wondering, Taylor, you have—I <laughs> say—I'm gonna—I'm gonna go into you a little bit. You have a unique perspective. Of, you're uh, not really caring much of these. <laughs> about, yeah, about this generation. I have
3: gone on record in other episodes of this podcast how little I care about this uh, current console wars, I, and that's you know just just a personal thing. Who I am as a gamer, like Max, I'm a I'm a PC gamer. I have a PS4 and a Switch. Um, and I don't really play them that often. Uh, there are certain games that I play on my Switch. I think the last time I really spent time on my PS4 was playing God of War. Um, cause that was the only place I could play that when the game originally came out and that it was so good. Um, and so, so for me, it's, you know, I find it really hard to care about hardware. I know hardware is like, it's super important. It's, uh, you know, really vital, critical to what kind of games can be made and how they look and how the playing experience works. Um, But I'm also a huge fan of little indie games that, you know, don't need amazing processing power to be played. So I think for me, like what I love as a gamer is just, you know, something weird, new, interesting in game design rather than like what you can do with souped up hardware um you know i love a beautiful game but it's not why i'm a gamer
2: i completely Mm -hmm. agree with that taylor i think it's uh that's probably one of the most important things you know if i were to open up my steam you know uh list of games uh some people might be surprised that the game that i have the most hour hours in is this uh you know relatively popular game from 2011 called terraria uh, uh you can run yeah, that, Minecraft. Uh <laughs> you you can run that game on a potato. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why I have so many hours in it. It was the first game I ever bought with my own money that wasn't like a gift from someone or something. Um and I've been playing it consistently since 2011, uh, mostly because it's been getting regular updates as well by the devs. But I think I have like almost 3,000 hours in that game, an, an oh insane amount of time to have uh, in a, in a single-player game. Multiplayer games, I think, are a little different. Like, for example, Smash uh, Ultimate, I probably have mm-hmm. more hours in, but that's across going over to friends' houses, playing it by myself, going online, yeah. blah, 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 blah. But uh there, there's just something like I think people overhype beautiful graphics too much. And when it comes to like, b- you know, beautiful graphics, like they can be awesome. It can be, it can really add to the immersion of a game. But at the end of the day, I think what most people would agree with is what's most important is gameplay. You know, how mm-hmm. fun is the game to play? If a game is beautiful to look at, that's great, but you need to enjoy the way the game is played. Like, um, I think Hugo, you mentioned earlier how you tried playing like, you know, some of the Soulsborne games and they're a bit too hard for you and that's fine. If you don't enjoy playing that game, you know, and you could say those games look beautiful and they do, but like if you don't enjoy playing the game, like what's the point, what's the point of it existing if people don't Mm -hmm. enjoy playing it or a certain, you know, like I, so I'm totally like, I completely agree with that sentiment of like, Gameplay and in, to a degree story over everything because there are certain games that are more story-based, like you know, Telltale t- style games. A game that I think is an Xbox exclusive, Xbox Series X exclusive that I'm actually looking to talk about here uh, in a bit. That's like more of a story-driven game called uh, uh, As Dusk Falls looks really interesting. They showed yeah. nothing of gameplay, but it's the story in itself sounds really interesting, and I think those elements are way more important. Mm-hmm. Uh, in it, in terms of gra- rather than graphics, like, it, it, graphics it, it, are important, but
0: it, it's interesting you mentioned that because I I also noticed a a big common common ground between you and Taylor, obviously, both with you with you guys both having PC, and that's the concept of just indie games. And I think the biggest thing is, I think in terms of the Xbox and PlayStation, they don't really kind of do indie games that well per se. They're obviously available on them, no. but when you think of them, you'll really the big A titles and or exclusives. And yeah. what's oddly enough is. Obviously, if you need indie games, PC and Steam—that's obviously the go-to place for it. But I think from like a, a non Switch
2: does a, I think Nintendo has been doing a pretty good job with indie games. Like, I the way I, for example, indie game Hollow Knight—I've played it through Switch. You know, like mm-hmm. Switch has done. Nintendo has done a pretty good job with having yeah. a bunch of indie games um, on the Switch. Store.
3: Untitled Goose Game, <laughs> yeah, like yeah perfect no, perfect on Switch. Yeah,
0: was- you definitely took the words right out of my mouth for that because yeah. I think in terms of like. I think when the Switch first came out, it like there was a point where like there was almost no games on for the con- for like the that console for like a good solid 4 or 5 months. <laughs> they were I think like people only played like for like like the two big first party games, that was really it. But what kept thriving was indie indie developers. Stuff like we just said Hollow Knight, uh, Goose Game. I know Undertale eventually made its way down there. I know I can think of uh, Celeste, uh, many yeah. other and many other big indie games that obviously they thrived more if not just as much on
2: the, at Steam and on the Switch. So I think probably it, probably more on the Switch. Because mm-hmm. I'd say, like, when it comes to, like, Hollow Knight and Celeste, like, more people, I'd say more people own Switches than have a PC that can run those games reliably and then also, like, have a controller, you know? Because, like, mm-hmm. like, those games are impossible to play on mouse and keyboard. Like, you cannot you so you need a controller. And, like, I feel like most people who played those games probably played them on Switch more so than than on Steam through PC, in, in my opinion. And I think that was like, uh, during for this console generation, that was like the Switch's biggest weapon.
0: Because not only, because I think it had to have some fighting chance. And what I've noticed the theme is for, whenever anyone's winning in the console generation per se, they always have to stand out in some aspect. And obviously for Nintendo, I don't think they didn't really compete much in this console generation war. They just kind of like did, they obviously were just trying to recover from their last, previous endeavor, which was the Wii U, and that didn't do so hot.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And I find it really interesting that, you know, Nintendo's, like, overall philosophy about consoles seems to be so different than uh, Sony and Microsoft, who seem to think on the same wavelength. Like, when I think of the Switch, it's all about, like, portability, being small, like, intimate gaming experience, where, like, the Sony-Microsoft thing is, like, how do we make it big and amazing?
0: Mm mm-hmm and the thing is it's also branched off into like three different factions per se with nintendo obviously focusing on the experience and and the player experience and Mm -hmm. and actually having good actual quality games while microsoft focuses on polishments and actual like oh look at this look look at this high-res gameplay it it looks fun it's very much it's a powerhouse while sony is very much taking to initiative of their trip their exclusives on how they handle interactive stories because I've noticed most of the big hitters that we mentioned earlier, like The Last of Us, God of War, uh, we can even mention more like Detroit: Become Human, uh, even t- if more so, like even Telltale series. If you want to go into that, if, even though it's not exclusive, those are just big stories that are constantly being used. Hey, this is on the PlayStation, and I think it's kind of interesting if you look at it as a whole on where things are, where the gaming community is a little bit divided in some aspects, and. Uh, and this is just my question as well, I think Max, you can answer this for me. Where does kind of PC lie in this per se?
2: Man, I feel like when it comes to uh, PC, um, I think it lies somewhere uh, it's probably more towards the beefy specs, I'd say, like um, but it also has this extra layer of like customizability, you know. Uh, for example, um, I, uh, I, I study economics at UIC and there's a lot of programs that I have to like pro programming adjacent things. Like there's this program I use called Stata. It's used for calculating metrics based on data and whatnot. And that, you know, that that's one of the nice things about having a PC is like, uh, uh, a fairly beefy PC is I can play great games on it. And I can also, like, it's a work machine as well. Um, if I wanted to, I, you know, I've been on and off about the idea of getting into streaming. You know, if you have a con, the next gen is going to have streaming built into their consoles, which I think is going to be interesting. Um, the The previous gen kind of had it already, but I think it was, the, the quality wasn't exactly there because I don't think the machines were strong enough to really handle it at a high quality. Um, but the I think the PC comes with, with beefy specs, but also just an extreme level of customizability outside of gaming as well. Um, that, you know, you just, you can't give it to consoles, I guess. Uh, but that's, you know, that's not really what they're sold on, so that you can't really fault them for that. But that's, in my opinion, that's sort of where PC comes into that. It's like, uh, not really... Not really a middle ground, but like uh, it's kind of like Nintendo, where it's a thing outside, you know. Okay, yeah.
0: All right. I guess uh, the next thing I want to talk about is actual. Just focusing on what's currently happening with the with the next gen consoles. Let's let's go with presentation. We started off with Microsoft. I think let's talk a little bit towards PlayStation because on how how do you think necessarily uh, um, PlayStation has kind of handled their presentation on their console. Like I'm assuming uh uh you guys have just seen the, pr- the presentation they've had with like all their games they've they announced, like all their exclusives. I was wondering how do you feel about them so far? Um uh, Jacob if you want to start, if it's cool with you.
1: Was it uh I think I cause I watched a few trailers again earlier today. I think it was Astro's Playroom. Or something like that. It's it's coming on every PS5, and it basically looks like a 3D Mario type game, you know, 3D platformer with like lots of like goofy, you know, colorful like fun stuff. I think that's really interesting, because like I feel like Sony hasn't really tried to do that really hard in a long time, you know, because because like they're doing that and they have the new uh, Little Big Planet at the same time. I feel mm-hmm. like they're kind of they're kind of broadening their scope very intentionally mm-hmm. to like draw in uh, like more of a crowd or like you know a, a bigger crowd because like we were saying you know the the PC gamers like the, like like you're like if if you're Sony you're not trying to get the people who like want high specs you want just like to get like the general public at this point because mm-hmm. people who like want to play like those really high res games like you know full specs and all that like they're gonna get a PC. So, Sony's kind of trying to go like the Nintendo route and having like really cool, um, like first party IPs.
0: Because I, I remember that like around the PS3 era, they actually had a lot of that, specifically with Little Big Planet, where they kind of tried to make Sackboy the little mascot. Yeah. Where it's like they had like a Mario Kart clone, they had, he's on his like fourth sequel right now with little big planet and i think right now they're trying to make like uh uh i forgot the name of the, the current. they, they even little had, had a
2: smash bros like sort of oh, oh playstation yeah, all-stars like all stars. Stars, do you guys remember yeah. playstation all-stars yeah. battle royale oh man oh let's not talk about that <laughs> yeah let's not talk about that game <laughs> yeah. but
0: yeah no um i definitely agree with you i think that's definitely something to look forward to especially because originally like little big planet has always been like a 2d platformer and this one is like a, a 3d like this is their take on like their version of super mario 3d world or something like that and i think yeah. that's really cool um and i also think the astros playroom I kind of do think it's a, a bit of a glorified tech demo, <laughs> if you. In my, but but I think it's fine because I think one of the big gimmicks that I, they kind of pushed on was their controller. And the thing is like, oh, haptic feedback. Uh, the controller is like a lot more. Better. Wait, you
1: mean you mean HD Rumble? <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, jeez. <laughs> honestly i can't say much i have yet to hold i have yet to been able to even hold the controller in my hand so it's like i'm gonna take their word for it that's personally that's my i'm excited for it because i like tech being innovative per se because i think it's like we've already gone as far as we really can with the controller and just and to have it be like supposedly the controller is going to be interactive with the point in the state you are in a game like for example you're gonna feel how hard you're gonna tug at a bow if you're using a trigger or uh, in a, in a, in a first-person shooting game, your gun can jam, so therefore the button will jam. <laughs> I think I think it's a little niche stuff like that that I think works really well.
2: And I... I th- sorry, or sorry, you can go on. No, yeah, I think anything that aids in immersion is like A-plus in my opinion, mm-hmm. you know, like... It, you know, and, you know, something like that, who knows how well it will work out, but I think it's great to see at least stuff like that being tested, right? Like, mm-hmm. That's that's my opinion about it.
0: Um, and in terms of games, that I think I've, I've looked forward to, and this is what I've noticed a lot more from PlayStation than I have from Microsoft, is that when they were first showcasing consoles, I know the Xbox came in first, and they just kind of showed their usual: oh, we have Halo, we have Gears of War, we have uh, Forza, Forza Horizon, nothing really out of the ordinary. And then when I saw when I saw um, Sony's play, uh, presentation when they first announced the PlayStation Five and what it looks like. They had, I think, uh, let's think, Ratchet and Clank, uh, obviously Little Big Planet. Um, They had Resident Evil. They had Spider-Man. They had a lot of variety, per se. And even, like, from, like, this weird game, like, uh, this game called Bug Snacks. (laughs) So they had the most serious games come out as well with it, but also go on a tangent to, like, the most silliest indie games. And to me, I found that interesting because I felt like they're trying to reach a demograph every type of demographic where hey if you, if do you like this kind of game, try us out and they kept going, and they kept throwing everything on the wall and just see what stuck because I think I've spoken to a handful of people about why they thought about the presentation, and I think each of them have given me like their own each different like top favorite things they 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 saw about that presentation and to me, I thought that says a lot on how. The company wants to be seen, and that just means. Oh, sorry.
3: Oh yeah, and I think this has been part of Sony for for a while now. Like they've done more to highlight indie games mm-hmm. on their console, and I think historically have had more interesting ex- exclusive games, um, games with more variety. I would also just like to add that I looked up Bug Snacks um and there are these little strawberries with googly eyes that are like the most amazing thing i've ever seen you're, you're uh, basically
0: taking of creatures that are food
3: yeah also it's from the studio di- who did Octo uh which is a chicago oh, studio awesome. so oh, wow
0: shout out to oh. chicago gaming awesome <laughs> and then that's awesome and to further- i haven't seen this game yet <laughs> it's definitely something to look into and then furthermore they just had a presentation i think like a week ago uh, for more about like the PlayStation Five pricing and everything, before you before we even talk about the pricing, that's like well, that's for later. Um, I, they added more, more huge hitters. Like they show, they announced Final Fantasy sixteen. Oh yeah, I thought mm-hmm. that was amazing. And then that was like, their first title. That's what they started off with. I'm like, they're starting off with a big a big one already. <laughs> and then they even start uh, they even showed more about the Sp- Spider Man, which is like Spider Man gameplay, and I thought that was just beautiful.
3: And it's Miles Morales.
0: Oh yeah, that one yeah. I'm definitely I'm definitely excited for because I, I I think the fact that it's coming that it was coming out this year shocked me. And it looks just I if that's how the gameplay is going to look, I'm excited for. And then I think they went on tangent, they showed I can't remember. That's there's <laughs> a lot, but you know, I, I
1: kind of feel like Sony is almost like scrambling this generation. Mm. Like, you know, you see like the amount of control that, like, Microsoft is going to have with Game Pass in the coming years, like, is, like, insane. Like, they're going to take, like, the industry is totally going to change, like, next 10 years around, I think, like, Game Pass and potentially Stadia. Like, I think stuff like that is going to be a lot bigger. And so, and so yeah. I, I could kind of see it being, like, two separate things. Like Like, PC gaming is, like, entirely, like, a different thing, a different sphere, where... Like, Microsoft, you know, is kind of, like, a big name, but then more more so than, like, Sony then has to double down on, like, their IPs and their, like, actual, like gimmicks and, like, cool gameplay and shit, which, you know, is kind of more like a Nintendo thing, right? Yeah. It's could, also
3: going to be interesting to see how Game Pass kind of invades the, the PC world, right? Because there's, like, a certain part of this where, like, they're trying to take on Steam with Game Pass.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And... Oh, Sorry. Ah uh, Jacob, I, I, I was you said that uh, Sony is scrambling, and I kind of agree with it. Um, Sony for a little bit has had this tactic. It started in their p s four era, um, a little bit with like spe- specific things related to game in games and now with even specific games, with an example I have right here in a second, where with timed exclusives. Um, yeah. for example, uh, a, a game that I think was really important for this, Past console generation for gaming in general, um, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a company that you don't really uh, relate with innovation or a game series you don't really re- relate with innovation. But I think uh, one of the most important games of this past game like of this past generation was Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and here's why: they had a cross play between pc xbox one and ps4 i haven't bought a call of duty game in years but i bought this one because i had friends who own ps4s i have friends who own pcs and we can all play together now that's the Mm -hmm. only reason i bought this game and that's the only reason i'm buying the next one that's coming out because i can play with any one of my friends who own that game and then the reason why i mentioned time exclusives is uh PS4 has timed exclusives with the new Call of Duty game. Um, They just had an alpha for the game that came out free on PlayStation that only PlayStation users could play. Um, There's timed exclusives with content. There's a game coming out on PS4 called Death, PS5 called Deathloop. That's a timed exclusive. I'm not sure for how long. Um, And that gets into the whole conversation of Microsoft buying Bethesda because that game. Oh
0: yeah, we'll we'll touch on that. We'll touch on
2: that in a second. But uh, I think that you know, the, with Jacob re- saying that P- uh, Sony is kind of scrambling, they kind of are with these what I consider relatively underhanded tactics. Like, if you want an exclusive, get, you know, get the rights to the exclusive. I think Times exclusives is a little bit more of a of a below the belt punch, in my opinion. It's, it's um, a
1: desperation move. Yeah, I, I mean... think
2: it's a little, a little, a little bit. And I mean, they already have some pretty great games, you know. You know the new God of War Ragnarok, as uh, you know the new Spider Man. If you guys have been talking about a game that I think uh, not many people are excited about, but I personally am, is the Demon Souls Remaster. Oh yeah, um,
0: I, I I saw there like I I, I I don't even know if that was a demo. They just showed like gameplay on it per se, but the load times. Oh my God, it looked beautiful.
2: Oh, it looked it looked absolutely beautiful. But yeah, no, I just was think when jacob said that they were kind of scrambling i was thinking about their sort of uh actions with related to timed exclusives you know
0: well i mean i, I think time exclusive as a whole is just kind of grimy per se because yeah, i feel like i agree it re- but at the same time it also it tries to bring up the concept of companies want you to buy their game on their mm-hmm. console first
3: mm-hmm.
0: and that's just a tactic and there's it's not an there's not an easy way to stop that i do think if we're more vocal we can and but I, I i don't even think that's much of a console
2: issue that's just more of like a company yeah it's a, it's sort of a company underhanded tactics issue you know like stuff that you can never really stop but you can hope is like sort of yeah. discouraged through the the purchasing habits of you know and it's funny that you mentioned crossplay earlier because
0: i was kind of uh laughing a little bit inside to myself because uh i remember for a good while that uh Crossplay was such a hard concept for PlayStation mm-hmm. because they really did not want pe- uh, people to have that.
2: Yeah, yeah. No. My
0: biggest example is this back happened when like Fortnite started coming onto the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um so the Switch started getting Rocket League, and then the Switch also had like Minecraft. And the thing is, when those games happened, they had immediate crossplay with both PC and Xbox. So much so that there was an entire commercial based on it where it's like, let's play together. With and that's when Nintendo had a good uh Close ties with Microsoft, and I believe uh, PlayStation's justification was, uh, let's say for like, the big example is, my, is uh, Minecraft, right? Their biggest example of why they didn't want to do crossplay was because, oh, we don't, we want to protect our our, our gamers who are like uh, who are very much young, and we want to just because if, if in case anything anything violates our terms of service or anything like, offensive per se happens, we can't really control that if it's from a different console but then it's like it became the argument okay if that's such an issue for you why is nintendo of all companies doing it the most like child-friendly company there is per se in terms of in terms of it and it just kind of and not to mention it also comes to the concept of playstation is kind of grimy a little bit where they're very they they, they have a very elitist personality of like they do they know they They know they're the best they know they're the best in the market right now and that, that was their downfall in the previous generation for the PlayStation 3 where they just, uh, oh, they made an entire, like, just for context, they made a, an incredibly, like, versatile console, the PlayStation, when it was like, it was huge but it also cost $600. <laughs> <laughs> the PS3 you're talking about? Yeah. It's yes, the original model. It had like four USB ports, um, some SSD thing, I, I, some memory ports that I don't even, I can't even think of right now. That was just really unnecessary. And it had a certain type of hardware that was very difficult for programmers to make or developers to kind of make games for. And the, people at Sony were like, eh, who cares? They'll make games for us. It doesn't matter. And like for the first year, oh my God, that, the, the company struggled because Xbox. Just, this is when Xbox 360 just kind of swooped everything under the market. And that's like they were seen as like the big next hot console. And it took a lot for Sony to kind of gain that trust back. But at this point, I kind of want to switch the conversation now um, back towards Microsoft because I know we've obviously been talking about a lot of pluses towards Sony. Now, the biggest plus that or I guess attention seeking uh, attention grabber for Microsoft is aside from powerhouse is the co- is the ability that it is not is backwards compatibility, and this is something that i've kind of looked forward to because I think I thought this would be a defining moment for the gener for this next generation because say this current generation. Out of nowhere, the, when the Xbox Series X and, and Xbox, uh, Xbox Xbox One X and the Xbox One S were kind of struggling in the sales department compared to the PlayStation Four, one of their big tactics was, "Oh hey, you know all those old Xbox 360 games and those original Xbox games? You can now play them on your 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 current your current generation console for free. And the best part, if you had the original Xbox games, they're remastered graphics for free." And if you don't have them, you can buy them digitally. And the amount, and that just made everyone go haywire and just want to buy an Xbox. Just was like, oh, I can play my old games again. And that brings up the concept of you can't really do that with Sony. And then you you almost could have done that with Nintendo with like something like 3DS, the Wii U. You can't do that with the Switch now. And even then, so the the methods for even to go back to go backwards, it's kind of i guess tedious would be the right word for it and to go back into what our the next generation is xbox is still planning to have that type of model where it's like you can still play all the old xbox one games on the series x on the series s you don't have and if you they just want to create an all-in-one console and to me i think that is their biggest selling point aside from like graphics because i feel like what person wouldn't want that if they've stuck with like Xbox for like a while, because that means their games are like, they're still useful instead of like feeling like we, I, 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 we've, I think we've all had a point where I think after using a console for a, a, like a, a while, games kind of start to gather dust when we're on like another, when we're ditching it to like the next new console. And I think with what Microsoft is doing, it's going to allow obviously reusage and just, and just pre- also gaming preservation as well.
1: Yeah, it's it's a continuation
0: mm-hmm. of like,
1: the xbox series like it's just like it's one it's one big thing now which really is like what i mean companies should kind of strive for right now that like they can do that so easily
0: and there was a big uh rumor that playstation was going to do that because oh Mm -hmm. if, if xbox can do it the thing is like if xbox can do it what's stopping playstation per se and the thing is playstation was like okay you can do it if you just download our playstation now you can go emulate that stuff or they remaster collections or they'll resell you the digital copies of it and then when they, when specs were being talked about for the PlayStation 5 they said oh don't worry only about like a top 100 PS4 games are going to be sold, are going to be backwards compatible for the PlayStation 5 and people were not happy and then up until the next presentation it's like oh don't worry 99% of the PlayStation 4s collection is going to be crossing over and then i think people weren't still were still kind of not ha- so much happy because they wanted more they wanted like i want to play playstation 3 where is that i want to play playstation 2 playstation 1 even and <laughs> their justification is just really poor because they just feel like they want to make more money and they feel like oh forget about that generation forget about that we're focusing on the new stuff new, the new stuff but i feel like that at that point you're just forgetting what kind of the, the legacy that made your console so great because I think it's like while gaming is very games like that are very dated in terms of the graphics department, the gameplay still stands. There's a reason why those games are still so popular and still praised to this day. And to further on to
2: that point, I think PlayStation- one, one, oh, sorry. sorry, one thing I wanted to say about that is I, you know I don't know much about game development to be honest. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much of this like. This is probably a, maybe a little bit of a stretch, but because uh, Xbox consoles are based off of a of a, they're based off their their programming is based off of Windows, um, and I wonder how much of the fact that it's based off it's like a Windows base in their program is allowing the such ease of backwards compatibility because that's sort mm-hmm. of the that's sort <laughs> of the problem with like, uh, and playing like backwards compatibility with games is you sort of have to, in some ways you have to emulate the hardware of the old console to play specific games. Whereas because Xbox is based on a Windows, the Xboxing, Xbox programming is based off of windows. You know, that's something that's been on PC for a while, you know, Terraria, which I bought in 2011 still runs exactly the same. On every computer I've ever used it on, you know, uh, let, let's you know, fall, you know, I Fallout Three, Fallout New Vegas, you know, uh, well, Fallout Three has some win, uh, games for Windows Live issues, but we will ignore that. There there are ways to get around that through, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some back, you know, going into the files and whatnot and mods, but um, I I don't know how much of that has to do with that, but I wonder if there is an element that causes issues like that i don't know um that's all that that's that's something that i can only speculate on as i know nothing about game development um but that's just something that was a thought that i had in my head that i wanted to throw out because it might be related
0: no yeah i think it's that's actually very important because like that's the one argument i feel like oh i'm just speaking from a consumer's perspective because i feel like that's one thing customers and consumers have been vocal about the playstation where we want some way to play our old games, and I think as we aside from emulation it's like why not still have the old disc? Like, because some people are like oh why not play the defense of use an old console? Well, I think like old consoles kind of die
2: out. So, I think uh, especially since Sony is a is a Japanese company, um, and this might also be something related to that. Uh, when it comes to uh, you know, going uh, America versus Japan, this is like um being able to find quality used game consoles i think is much easier in japan just from what i've seen on the internet i've never been to japan but like every youtube vlogger who is there vlogging their trip to japan i think the number one thing you see is that like the ability to purchase used games in their box brand new used consoles in their box brand new for very oh, wow. reasonable prices is like insane as an American to see that. That is, it is insane. And I wonder if that's part of the reason that their company is potentially held back um, because like, cause you know, since it's a Japanese based company, you know, the decisions in the end are going to come down to the Japanese executives and so versus, in you know, in America, you know, Microsoft is an American company, so cultural differences in the countries might, you know, affect those decisions is another thing that I think potentially, and that's not trying to give PS and PS uh, PlayStation an excuse, you know, it's not necessarily an excuse. I was just thinking about that as like a potential, you know, factor as to why they're being so stubborn, you know, and mm-hmm. you still, they shouldn't be stubborn, realistically, you know, yeah. they should listen to their consumers but at the end of the day you know you know what can you do right yeah.
0: that is like, the only big big positive that, uh, one of the big positives i have for microsoft because and this also bites them in the butt a little bit though for microsoft because when they first announced for the series x they announced for the first year of produ- uh, production there will be no x- xbox series X exclusives mm. where anything oh. you will, any new games you will see i did realize series that. Series x will be playable on any previous generation and i feel like then what's the point of getting a new console? Like, (laughs) Yeah, at least
2: not for a whole year.
0: I'm like, if I see a new game, I want to save my money at that point. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I I, I think it's consumer friendly, but I think like from a business perspective, oh my God, it's terrible. But, and then I want to jump back to what you, uh, I think Taylor and Jacob kind of touched on, which was Games Pass. And I think multiple companies have tried touching on that. But I think Xbox was, like, I think the first one to really touch it, to not touch it, go into it and kind of nail it on the head.
3: Are you saying in terms of, like, being a, a true competitor yeah. to Steam? Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, I love GOG, but GOG just, like, can't, can't, like, beat Steam, Um, even though I personally really prefer it. Um, And Epic... Epic was they, they doing. They just
2: throw free games at people. Right. The only yeah. reason I got the Epic Epic Game Store was because Borderlands Three was a timed exclusive, and I didn't want to wait to play it. And then they just throw free games at people, so I get those and I play them. But like as far as like a quality service, they're not a quality service. Uh, yeah. Like it's really not. It's,
3: it's so hard to browse and find it's new. So things yes, it's on epic. impossible. And I was the same thing. I got epic because I wanted to play after party and I didn't want to wait for it. It was a timed exclusive. I didn't want to wait for it to be That explains a
0: lot why I was wondering where is it <laughs>
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. Interesting. Um, and another thing I think because we, we touched on Google Stadia and also like cloud-based gaming Microsoft has actually been focusing on trying to build their own version obviously when that f- cloud-based gaming first happened because as much as like we say go next gen cloud-based gaming is still in beta but it's definitely starting to open its doors to consumers I think when Google kind of did it uh, it, it kind of missed the mark by a lot <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, the thing about microsoft though when their attempt at it they're being smart and utilizing hey let's use game pass they're using an entire source of games that they already are they're already using for other platforms but now they're just using it as a source for phones to be be a playable, be playable on them and i think that out of all ways to go about cloud-based gaming that is a good start because i think it it enforces because one of the biggest issues for stadia is that what games could you really play aside from the games that are like two years old on, and they were cheaper on other actual consoles and they, they play better where that, where it's like, let's play, they're trying to, their stadia was trying to do like a, I guess, a Nintendo's gimmick, copy Nintendo where their gimmick was, Oh, you can play it on the go. Okay, cool. What can you play? Like, <laughs> what do you have?
2: <laughs> I couldn't name anything to be honest. I don't, I don't know any of stadia's big titles.
0: They only had, I think
2: PUBG, G um, and <laughs> then uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, great
0: picks all around
2: yeah. PUBG, is it, doesn't <laughs> PUBG already have like a semi-popular mobile app
3: right like exactly. i see people play that True, on the yeah. bus
2: sometimes you know like well not recently but like you know just like to, like uh, going back last year and the year before that like i've seen people play that on their phone on the bus occasionally um so i don't like i don't see how that even like i don't know yeah but stadia just doesn't have <laughs> very great options
0: yeah, and I, I think that's what also, they also had Destiny 2, forgot about that. But no, it was just a really, bad, bad, bad. It, was a, it was a really, really bad start to where I think almost no one really wanted to play. It. Now with PlayStation, it's, it's a different story because you obviously start, you, you get to start off with, I think like a huge library of games that's already available. And I think to that, kind of, uh, that, that that is the big, that goes into their positivity of being consumer friendly, where they want people on different, consoles per se or different like modes of gaming to be to have access towards say if you're a pc cool we want you to join, be, go to our company do you have a console we have that too do, and this goes into my next point of pricing <laughs> where i think uh let's be honest i think video game consoles are definitely uh, next generation are definitely getting more expensive
2: oh yeah and well, i actually uh i believe i saw some numbers uh when it comes to inflation Mm -hmm. and uh hold up let me let me look up the prices um
0: because like um while while you're looking it up i know for the both playstation and the xbox series x are
2: going for five for 499 so 500 dollars. right the the regular versions and then don't they have like like ps5 has like a a digital only version that supposedly has the same specs
0: the thing is both of them have digital versions. Obviously, with the PlayStation, it's going right. for like uh, the same, the exact same specs, just without a disc drive, and it's for four, three ninety nine, so a hundred dollars cheaper. And then there's Microsoft, which I think is also doing a smarter move, a bit of a smarter move, where it's they're going for a digital only console version of the Series X that is significantly smaller. That's not like a refrigerator, for one. <laughs> and it's they take away the disc drive, and it's just about a little bit more powerful than the xbox one x and it's only 300 dollars. and i think to that that is a smart move on xbox's end because i think like while everyone's going to be considering investing on say playstation even though it's like that's just a big big hefty hefty amount of money to pay for a brand new console for microsoft i think they're playing since they don't really have much like exclusivity or they're not or you can play a lot of their games elsewhere from a consumer's perspective say you're not a pc gamer say you're dedicated on playstation or nintendo right if you want a secondary console where at some point microsoft does have exclusives the series the, the series s the 300 dollars version i think is a perfect alternative for a secondary console because of that way you get your you you don't have to spend as much and you still get to play like maybe like the few exclusives that you want to play on that on that version. And I was was wondering, it's like, that's something I think PlayStation is a bit lacking on, but I think they're they're just focusing on being a primary market.
3: I think it's really interesting Um, on the Xbox Series X website, and like in their pre-order, they have the cost for the standalone console, $4.99. and then what seems to be even like the option that is like splashed everywhere—it's like at the top everywhere—is this other monthly option, thirty-four ninety-nine per month, um, which is the console and twenty-four months of Game Pass. So it's thirty-four ninety-nine over twenty-four months, zero percent APR, and like I think. <laughs> I always find pricing like this to be so shady, um, right? It's like the credit card culture of thinking like, oh, I'm just going to pay like a little bit at a time and it's going to be fine um, without realizing like you're actually probably going to pay more. And then if you, you know, so the hat, and I don't know what the pricing is for Xbox Game Pass, but so this would cost you across the two 24 months, $839. For your console and Game Pass for two years, Game Pass Ultimate.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: What is the price like? What is I mean, how much is Game Pass Ultimate?
0: Um, let me see if I can look right now.
2: So, uh, oh I was just doing. I was. To, honestly, I I think I'm wrong here. Uh, maybe I'm misremembering what I read, but uh, the price of five hundred dollars uh, as an example of uh, the we were talking about the PS3, how it launched at five uh, at six hundred dollars. Um, five hundred dollars today, for example, in two thousand six, to compare to that would be the equivalent of six hundred and forty four dollars. So it's only technically a little bit cheaper than like the comparative. PS3 launch price, but arguably with a lot better, like the, you know, the stats are a lot better, like, uh, you know, as an, as an example of price comparison, um, my computer c- cost me about $2,000, um, uh, and the when, I, when I'm comparing the specs, I have a, the spec sheet here for the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, um, uh, CPU, 8-core processor, 3.5 gigahertz, AMD Zen 2 processor, that's a similar processor to what I have. I have a, a 3600X. Uh, I can't remember how many gigahertz it is, but it is also a Zen 2 architecture, 8-core processor. Um, the GPU is an AMD RDNA2. Um, I, think, I don't think that's available to the public. I think that, uh, that's not something you can buy, but I believe it's equivalent to um, the uh, GPU they're releasing soon, the 5600 something, I can't remember. Um, and then the RAM is 16 gigabytes of GDDR6. I don't even think consumers can purchase DDR6 memory yet. Um, my, my memory is DDR4, 30, uh, 3600 megahertz, which is like some of the most high end RAM you can get as a consumer right now for your PC. So uh, the specs are honestly pretty impressive. You know, the price is a lot. I think, you know, reasonably, if you're looking at what you're getting, the price is insanely competitive to a PC you can build for this price, to be honest. A PC you can, uh, to get these specs in a PC, Um, This is better than my $2,000 PC, which I bought just last year. Um, So, you know, the price is high. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to say the price isn't high. I think it's surprising how much they're definitely selling these at an insane loss, in my opinion, at, at a surprising loss.
3: Yeah, well, and there's also like, and you've touched on this before, your PC can do a lot more. That's true. I mean, a gaming console is, like, it's essentially it's a unitasker. It's, yeah, unitasker, For one thing. For sure. It's for playing video games. So there's, you know. And that this doesn't, kind
2: of... the specs list I have here doesn't ha- say anything about storage, you know? Um, I'm assuming they're using uh, some sort of uh, SSD, maybe NVMe SSDs, you know, uh, M.2. Hopefully hopefully they're using NVMe and not just regular SSDs. Um, but uh, the, I the I don't know. It's definitely, I think the specs are surprising for the price. It's still, you know, especially considering the state of people's lives right now, insanely expensive. I'm surprised the pre-orders went so nuts recently. I know there have been insane issues with the pre-orders for both the PS5 and the Xbox One. We can touch Uh, on that
0: real quick. Considering I, I,
2: considering I, I, the economy right now. Yeah, I um, also uh,
0: I found the price for Taylor for Game Pass. So if you're just buying Game Pass on just either PC or console, it's only gonna be like around nine ninety nine, so ten bucks. If you're Ultimate, you get uh, it's only fifteen dollars, and you also get like Xbox Gold, which is like their online service. Mm-hmm. So I think fifteen dollars a month. Yeah, that's
3: really good. So I I found that and I it's did some bad. like really quick number pr- crunching, but my numbers could be wrong. Uh, You end up paying around like $50 more with the installment plan Mm -hmm. than you would just buying the. Buying it for a year. Yeah. Yeah. Or buying like this bundle of the. Oh, there's a a bundle. Oh,
2: oh, for two years. For
3: for two two years. years. Okay. Right, right,
0: right, right, right. Yeah. So do you think it's just cheaper to just get this for a year instead of just avoiding that deal? I I mean, mean, if you can pay for it up front. Yeah.
3: Yeah. If you can pay for it up front. Which is hard for a lot of people. I mean,
0: for what it's paying for, fifteen bucks regardless. I think it's a really good deal for what you're getting.
2: Oh, it definitely is.
0: And especially because, like, uh, before I even touch on the pre-order situation, I want to talk about like some big news that just happened with Microsoft. Microsoft did the biggest thing and bought uh, an entire game studio.
2: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, they they bought Zen. They technically purchased Zenimax, but the most important thing in Zenimax is Bethesda. Um, to be honest, because Bethesda then owns all the other you know yeah. low, like the one second uh, they
0: they, they it, it basically, essentially they're getting control of like skyrim um doom fallout um
2: i could be uh Stein,
1: starfield yeah,
2: oh man, i am uh- te- technically death loop even technically death loop um dishonored uh. Yeah. The death loop is made by the people who made Dishonored. Yeah. Um, yeah, although they've guys. said that they're that they're sticking to the current exclusives or like timed exclusives that have already been worked out. So the death loop that's being a timed exclusive for PS5 is still going to be a timed exclusive for PS5. But I think you would be lying to yourself if you thought that they weren't going to take advantage of like some sort of exclusivity with all of the different games that Bethesda has. Jacob,
0: uh, I was wondering, can you tell me what you actually think of since Bethesda being Microsoft being bought up by Microsoft? I was wondering if I can get your opinion on that.
1: I mean, uh, it you know, it, it gives me vibes of uh, Microsoft buying Rare, which we all know how that went. Oh,
0: jeez, um, that was terrible.
1: <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like it's just you know, it's a it's a huge power move, man. I mean, huge. Like
0: xbox has games now
1: (laughs) xbox has games now like that's that's their whole thing man that that's that fills up like a library of ips immediately so they can do whatever they the hell they want after that you know
2: i i have an interesting headcanon okay and i want you guys to bear with me bear with me for this because the chances of it happening are pretty low but it fills me With joy, unimaginable joy. I literally – when I woke up the day that this happened and I saw it on Twitter, I texted my girlfriend saying how happy I was because of the potentiality of what I'm about to talk about. So one of my favorite games of all time, Fallout New Vegas, uh, was – uh, s- sort of subcontracted to a game studio which Microsoft now also owns called obsidian game Studios. Obsidian game Studios is m- m- was major- majority made up of of the members who originally made Fallout one and two. So when uh, Fallout New Vegas was subcontracted to them, it was basically subcontracted to the people who originally made fallout which then bethesda purchased fallout from them now that and now bethesda in recent times has been very like no we're not going to let you know fallout be made by anyone else because honestly they were embarrassed by obsidian in my opinion most people think fallout new vegas is better than any fallout game made by bethesda um most fallout fans anyway uh and now that microsoft owns both bethesda and obsidian uh, I'm just giddy at even the slight possibility that there can be some at least working together with Obsidian and Bethesda again. Now that you know, Daddy Microsoft can say, "Bethesda, I don't care what you say. You know, you have to you have to work with who we tell you because we own you." You know, I
3: <laughs> am really excited for that because Obsidian made the Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds was, was
2: amazing. I love that. Excellent, and was oh, like excellent.
3: better oh. than most recent. Uh, Fallout games. Yeah, no, absolutely, that,
2: yeah, absolutely. I agree. No, so I just the chance of that happening, I don't think is relatively low. You know, on Twitter, on the day it happened, someone tweeted at them like, "Does this mean Fallout New Vegas two is a possibility?" And Obsidian tweeted out an emoji that was like, "I don't know." <laughs> so the, the 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 chances of it happening, that's still pretty low. But just even the slight possible, it's gotten an inch closer. More like probably 500 feet closer to the goal but like it's i don't know just the possibility of that like had me so excited as i woke up to it that i like started texting people about it i was just like oh my god the fact that it got even a little bit closer has me very giddy inside and happy
0: Uh, and i think uh, that was kind of microsoft's point where i think the biggest joke and we and we we mentioned earlier microsoft had no
2: games (laughs) oh yeah now they have a lot of games oh
3: they have a game that may make me get uh what? <laughs> uh, you know, Microsoft bought Double Fine.
2: Uh, oh, uh, yeah.
3: Psychonauts. Psychonauts too. Ah, oh, my God. Xbox. Are you serious? I yeah. didn't know this. <laughs> yes. So those are some insane
2: yeah. power moves. oh my gosh they're Here's also an-
3: gonna release another fable game, which is also another reason for me to go oh yeah, the, the new Fox, fable so. that as
2: well that is well I I've never played the fable series, but I know oh, it's like great. I know it's uh what's you know like a cult classic like in terms of movie lingo it's a really dedicated fan base oh to those yeah games. there hasn't been a new one in a long time from mm-hmm. what I remember
0: so, so Mike, my question is like with all these like, great games that obviously Microsoft obviously has the ability to he they kind of bought now it goes into it makes me question like our my my previous statement that I made earlier of how they have are going to have zero exclusives for the first year of production how would that play out obviously with these great games i feel like obviously if they just get put on pc or they would just get put on other consoles and i feel like i can't say i feel like
2: well, it, it just hurts. Here, it goes further here, here, more than it hurts them. Sorry. Here's here's what I think. So a lot of people had Xbox 360. More people had Xbox 360s than had PS3s, right? A lot of people love their Xbox 360s. But going into the PS4 Xbox One era, people went with PS4 just because it was the obvious choice that was better. But all of those people who had Xbox 360s and are now seeing the potential with Game Pass and all this backwards compatibility, even even though there aren't there aren't exclusives for a year. I think there is a large portion of people who went from Xbox 360 to PS4 who might end up looking at the fact that they can play all of their old Xbox and Xbox 360 games potentially for free if they own them digitally on Xbox 360 on their Xbox account and say, you know what? I think this is a, you know, I think it's a purchase worth making. I think there there is a, I, I think that might be what they're betting on, really, the fact that they have no exclusives in the first year. And really, it, my personal opinion, I know a lot of people need their stuff right away. I'm, like, for example, a, a game that's coming out for the next gen that isn't exclusive, Cyberpunk 2077. That game uh, has yeah. been delayed, delayed, delayed to hell. But you know what? It, my personal opinion as a consumer, and I think a lot of people are, have be, gotten like this as well, I'm fine with stuff. Not coming out right away, as long as it 's a quality product right
0: i uh, I like to call it like well, originally it was it was Miyamoto's, shigeru Miyamoto's quote it 's like a delayed game is eventually good, but a rushed game is forever bad
2: forever yeah. bad exactly yeah. and yeah, i like no.
0: I like to nickname it uh, a gta theory because that 's what what gta five was where it, Gta games take forever, but when they come out, oh, they go out with a bang, and I think um, yeah, you mentioned a lot of people wanting to go for that purchase, especially for people uh going out. And I know I don't know if you heard. Obviously, since I am a firm believer that Microsoft is going to be a good secondary console, where with the Series S, with being a three hundred dollar price point, people are going to buy that just yeah. for if if somehow they just say I oh agree. oh this next version of Doom oh this next version of like they sell Skyrim for like the 80th time. <laughs> <laughs> this you get this little bonus if you only if, if you go specifically on Xbox. They have to start going into exclusives; otherwise, it's just a bad move. They have to, and I think. And I think that's a little bit enough on Next Gen uh, for PlayStation and, and Microsoft. I want to talk about like, the third contender that technically isn't running. They've just been very quiet. Uh, Nintendo. This entire year has been not good for Nintendo. <laughs>
2: They have just been vir- no 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 no. I I I I just I know it. nothing about this. So you guys I, are gonna have to uh, so uh, take over for me. Twenty twenty. I, I know to- the year twenty
0: twenty has just been very quiet for Nintendo, where I think they've only had one big hit,
2: and that has just been Animal Crossing.
3: I mean, but Animal Crossing was played like everyone. Yeah. Everyone, everyone was playing it. Literally everyone.
2: Appeal. No, it, it, it I like, I knew people who. Like, I knew people who didn't play games. Like, I had this one friend who his girlfriend bought Animal Crossing to play on his Switch. She did not play games, but she, you know, her older brother had Animal Crossing on the GameCube when they played GameCube together. Um, and so she bought it for herself to, like, relive childhood memories to play on her boyfriend's Switch, like, my friend. So, like, I that there was some pretty crazy mass appeal for that game that was, I think, unseen in a little uh, in a little while at least in my opinion i agree with you
0: okay because my issue i kind of feel like okay i think as much of a massive hit as animal crossing was i don't really see people talking about it even to this day now because i think it's like obviously it's like a quarantine obviously benefit from it but i feel like everyone who's played animal crossing already got their fix from it okay what's next because i think oh sorry
1: the thing about animal crossing (laughs) It's the type of game where you, you know, you stop playing for like two months and then you come back and you play for like two weeks straight and like, you know, you like get everything done again, you know, and like you forget about it. You like come, you like, you know, fade in and out. And so I think something's kind of cool about it is that like with the internet being the way it is, like people can tune in and out and like, you know, everything's still like happening in Animal Crossing, you know, like people still like care about it, but it doesn't have to be like a game that people are like freaking out about for like the whole year it's like i don't think a whole lot of games do that anyway
0: touche i think I, I, I think i'm also speaking from like i also don't play animal crossing so i guess it's also my own concern since i i'm just it, I, as a nintendo fan i just felt very barren on everything mm-hmm. and and the thing is like one can argue oh COVID's kind of stopping everything but i think japan the other-
2: was hit pretty hard
0: yeah, yeah no i think they were yeah but I also like I I've, I've kind of stopped making that excuse once I've seen like other game companies actually releasing stuff or announcing stuff via like their di- like digital media like digital live streams like Nintendo Direct or State of Play or Microsoft Showcase stuff like that where I feel like okay if those companies can do it even if it's not like games coming out this year they can still talk to us have some communication per se mm-hmm. uh, with Nintendo it's nothing but radio silence for like out of nowhere we get like a ten minute like partner showcase for games that I think people are ready to throw a riot where it's like that's it they just well, make
1: it- sorry. that's that, that's the big thing about nintendo too though right Is like they they want to make sure like stuff is cool before they like talk about anything you know they don't want to play their cards at all because they're they're on their own wavelength entirely mm-hmm. you know they're, they're not playing to anything in particular they're just like all right when it's done it's done and then we'll tell you about it like totally as a consumer you know i would have loved to have like a big blowout direct where like oh my god shovel nights and smash but like you know like i think i think nintendo is making a wise choice by just like waiting until like we know what's happening
0: Okay, and I, I I very much agree with you on that because recently they made big moves with uh, the uh, Super Mario thirty fifth anniversary di- direct out of nowhere, yeah. where yeah. they've announced already some like one or two more big Mario games in in the future, one where it's like a remake of Super Mario three D World with more content on it for the Switch, and then they announced the Super Mario 3 All-Stars collection, which we'll talk about that because there's a big I've theme I'm going to go. I'm going to tie in back to the next gen.
1: Pre-ordered it immediately. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll go <laughs> into that
0: real quick soon. But, um, and then not to mention even like on the Legend of Zelda side, they just announced like an entire like, update on the sequel for Breath of the Wild. And not only that, but like an extra like uh, prequel to Breath of the Wild. Uh, Hyrule
1: Warriors 2.
0: Technically, I call it like 1.5 because technically it, it's just using the Hyrule Warriors like engine per se. Oh, I see.
3: I feel like it's really smart. Of, like like Jacob said, Nintendo, they do their own thing. And I think it's really smart of them to just, like, kind of lay low during this time when Microsoft and Sony are, like, taking up all the air in the room. Like, there's no reason for them to try to compete with that. They can go at their own timeline, do their own thing. And, I mean, for, for the last couple of years, it's been working for them.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Nintendo just, you know, their their install base is all people who, like, have been playing Nintendo since, like, before they were born. Yeah. Right. I, like, I, like I people completely who agree. Buy with Nintendo you guys. will continue to buy Nintendo, and you don't need to, like, raise your voice in, like, when the other, like, louder people are, like, also, like, having a screaming match where we're, like, oh, dude, I got Game Pass. Well, there's, oh, and
2: th- I think there's that element of, like, what I was talking about before with, like, you know, people who went from Xbox 360 to PS4 and then potentially going back to Xbox with the backwards compatibility. Um, P- I feel like uh, PlayStation and Xbox constantly are in a struggle of literally pulling customers away from each other however they can. Absolutely. Nintendo doesn't have to worry about that. Nintendo is, I think, totally happy, you know, to, be, to play a non-confrontational business plan um, and just release quality hardware, and that's a, that's sort of been their whole game plan. Like you know, Wii U was a little bit of a you know mm-hmm. a bust, you know. But it stayed afloat through the Wii exclusives. Wii... Yeah, it, it yeah. stayed afloat. You know, it it, it it definitely wasn't the the blast. And I think Wii U wasn't awful, but it wasn't the blast that the Wii was. But the Switch yeah. has been pretty close to the what the blast that the and Wii was, in my opinion.
1: So, something. That I was kind of thinking about that that you you tied into really well just now with that is that um, you know, with like the timing of like the release of the systems, like Nintendo kind of like 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 systems generally live like six to eight years, right? Like mm-hmm. about Nintendo like like cut off the Wii U's lifespan to drop the switch early. And so like we didn't have like like what was it? I think the Wii. And the Xbox uh, 360 and the PS3 all dropped like within like, you know, twelve months of each other.
2: Yeah, like a year, yeah, like about. not even a full year sometimes, like yeah, somewhere around. Whereas,
1: now. whereas you know, the Switch like hit so hard. I think it, especially because the PS4 and and the Xbox three, or Xbox One were already like four or five years old by then.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So like they don't That's need to point. Even, like they don't need to drop a new system when
2: the other guys do that's definitely an amount of time where people who've already bought their ps4 or their xbox one can probably most people can feel comfortable buying another console well yeah because you
0: know? it goes into like what i said about the series s it's a secondary console type of marketing mm-hmm. where they're okay not being the primary but it's like oh come with us you, their exclusives are so i guess enticing that and the price point's not that bad either. Three hundred dollars for a three hundred dollars is
2: yeah. is great for what the series S offers. To and be that honest. is and
0: that is the biggest thing why I, th- I think Microsoft saw what the Switch did, and I feel like okay, we can try to do that. And obviously, I think it's in not to go on a but just that that model that business model works. And for Nintendo, I think it's going well. My only issue, and I think I I, I really hope they can fix this, and I think it kind of, it kind of is happening because like leaks are starting to pop up now. Is where would we get a higher end version of the Nintendo Switch, specifically like, a nicknamed a Switch Pro? Because I feel Nintendo like, because uh, I mean the fu- the N- Nintendo has to catch up somehow, because it's not only hurting consumers, it's also hurting developers per se. Specifically, where we want certain games to happen, where it's like
2: some even some games on the Switch still look a bit dated in some aspects. I mean, mm-hmm. Skyrim on the on the Switch, like Skyrim is a pretty old game and i i've seen gameplay of it and it like it doesn't play amazingly I'll, of course i have the standard of playing skyrim on pc so like my standards are probably skewed a little bit to be fair uh, but, but i also have- play skyrim i also played skyrim on my ps4 before i lost it in a fire so yeah. i do you- kind of have the the updated console and i played skyrim on ps3 when it first came out so i kind of have the standards
0: nintendo uh, has to fight with that though that's
2: the thing it's a perspective Mm -hmm. of like they know other game other consoles have better hardware they have to find
0: some way to kind of entice and i think you can only get so creative in without trying to up your own hardware and i think like well is
2: the switch not limited by its like main uh, right. Uh, the size main, has to be. yeah the the size the, it, they want the whole point of the switch is to be portable right yeah, and totally. like another a, probably a more relevant game cuz skyrim's <laughs> been released like 80 million different times we we talked about that earlier probably a more relevant game when it comes to being a, being playable on the switch is uh probably uh the witcher 3
3: mm-hmm.
2: um i you know i wasn't really paying attention to that but when it came out i watched some reviews and like most of the from what i see most of the talk about it was that like it played pretty fine but the battery life playing mm-hmm. that game was awful because it was such an intensive game you know and the, th- oh, and the yeah. thing like about that is, like, the Ni- su- you're Ni- right the Ni- switch does need a refresh just to i'm sorry i just wanted to finish the thought real quick no, before you're fine. i lose it the switch does need a refresh but i wonder how much uh, the possibility of a refresh is limited by its portability that was I, the- I,
0: I mean nintendo has had enough time to i think they don't need to change much i say switch Pro, meaning it's like it's like a half a half sequel console to where if you have like a regular like for a switch title It can still work on the Switch, but it'll work even better on this nickname Switch Pro to where people who are hardcore Nintendo fans, where Nintendo is their primary console, they will benefit from that. Where, say, like, big example, you said for uh, The Witcher 3, or say, like, even Breath of the Wild, where, like, battery life with the game, it looks fine, it plays great, but the battery life is just, it's non-existent. If they can just tweak hardware enough
2: to make that a better experience they will go much much farther than they think than people you expect. know it, it, even even if you know and this is this is me again being a pc boy you know i have a 2k monitor so my standards are a little bit askew compared to most people you know um and that's not me trying to like flex my hardware it's more so me understanding that my preferences or what i'm used to having is as askew. the 720p screen on on the switch you know, just portability standard is, a, is 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 starting to feel dated to me personally, you know, like when it comes to games like Hollow Knight, it didn't feel as dated, but like any, you know, any more advanced title nowadays, it's, it's so I definitely like maybe the possibility like I think people would be pretty satisfied with like, just 1080p on the portable, you know, mm-hmm. portable version, 1080p and the possibility of like, 2k when it's plugged in, you know,
0: and those people, people aren't really asking for much where I feel like, uh, the norm is being shifted now with this console next generation the changes are just astronomical right now where co- where they're getting closer and closer to what a pc can be and so close, yeah. i think nin- it's it's nintendo's it, job to kind of step up to that and luckily enough well, obviously with this leak supposedly nintendo's been so quiet obviously due to, co- due to due to the quarantine and everything happening but also because they're saving up something in stored for w- once like the the next generation like storm kind of goes down they plan to just release hey there's a Nintendo Switch Pro for anything like higher end and I think that like what Taylor was mentioning of they're they're just letting the big heads kind of yell at each other first and get out of the system and then they'll come in with a with a bang and I think that's just very smart but you know what isn't you want to know what is a terrible thing right now in our big landscape for video games is ah, uh, pre-orders oh my god this is going to be an. Uh, I'm going to tie it in with. I'm going to start with Nintendo. I want to tie it into the both uh, Sony and Microsoft. So, what's essentially happening is that pre-ordering both anything for in terms of next gen video game stuff is been terrible, absolutely terrible. Uh, for starters, it is for Nintendo. They recently announced like a, a collection of the old big 3D Mario games, to where only they're only going to be allowed allowed for six months, and only a limited stock, and where after, like, I think, like, the end of March, both physical and digital copies of this game are going to be gone. What? Yep, yeah. limited release. Where wait—it's collection... wait, a limited release? Are you yes. kidding me? Yes. yes, and this and this one, this collection has only has three games of Super Mario 64, uh, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy.
1: So here's here's something kind of interesting about that is they did the exact same thing for the 25th anniversary where they re-released Super Mario All Stars on the Wii um but then they dropped like you know a, like a what's the like the greatest hits equivalent. oh nintendo
0: selects yeah yeah
1: yeah nintendo selects version like two years later
0: and the thing is like because of this specific release getting a copy a hold of this game and mind you this game uh, was announced and then it uh it was announced and then it was set to release two weeks later yep so it's already been two weeks since then the game has been sold out everywhere I pre-ordered
1: like, mine like the next day and it was fine. I, I don't know. I, I
0: I got lucky with my pre-order as well, but I think like after a certain point, I think like
2: after a week or so, pre-orders disappeared. Nintendo has such a problem with limited stock in all of their products. I don't think they understand scalping. And to be fair, none of these big companies are have understand scalping and bots for example. You know, because of COVID-19, you know, you it's been less available to go into stores and pre-order stuff physically, right? So all of the pre-orders have been dealt with online and none of these companies have put in any prevention of or any counter like counteraction, I'm blanking on a proper word for it for like bots. You know, uh, this has been a big problem with PS4 and PS5. And I can imagine even for this Nintendo game, you know, people and even, uh, you know, the PC space, the the new NVIDIA GPUs, the 3070 and 3080. Um, the, like all of these, I don't know what all of these companies are doing wrong in terms of like they they've put in no prevention whatsoever of like people just having a bot like continuously reload the page and then purchase it when they can get a purchase and then people just buy like a bunch of them and now are trying to scalp them online that's yeah. something that i've been noticing across the gaming world that's and been really aggravating and just, Nintendo's the worst with it historically <laughs> i think
0: and just for context of what's been kind of happening and uh, we're tying into other things outside nintendo is obviously with the uh, it's going to pc for nvidia specifically they've announced like a if I'm correct, like it's a higher GPU, like a higher graphics graphics card, like a brand new so, graphics so, card, really
2: cheap. Yeah. So, so the uh, the 3070 and 3080 uh, are their next line of graphics cards and what's significant about that is the 3070 is $300 and I know that sounds crazy a single part for your computer is $300 compared to $300 for a whole Xbox console what's significant about the $300 price range for the 3070 and why it's such an insane insanely good price what I could argue is it's more powerful than their previous most powerful graphics card the 2080 Ti which is priced at $1,200. Mm. So you're getting a $300 component that is more powerful than their $1,200 2080 TI, which is absolutely insane, to be honest. Yeah. Um but, you know, again, you know, $300 for one part of your computer sounds, I'm sure sounds crazy for a lot of people. And it really is, you know, well, people who are able to purchase just one part of their computer for $300 are in a pretty good space, you know. So, and also a lot of people have been complaining because the 2080 Ti, they just bought it $1,200 and now they can get something more powerful for 300 you know. It's, it's a whole debacle, but uh, that, that's sort of context with the 2080 uh, or the 3070 and 3080 for NVIDIA. Yeah.
0: So what essentially happened is that obviously it was very pop, It's very sought. It was very sought after, and it sold. Oh, they were, it's going to be on sale at a certain point in time, like six a.m. Right when that date obviously happened, I think like within a minute, sold out immediately. And the thing is, it was it wasn't through people; it was mainly through bots. And now they're being resold for
2: like like what two grand, two three grand. Yeah, they're being scalped for some insane, insane prices. And yeah. that's the thing here. The problem with that is that uh the um the uh the memory on those they're coming out with like a a a higher memory version of these graphics cards like a few months from now like after christmas i believe like after the christmas season sometime after that but like you know people just want it really bad i guess i don't know but yeah
0: and to further go on to the consoles uh let's go what essentially happened is with playstation and xbox we'll start with xbox uh, with uh playstation first is that they had the showcase and they announced oh pre-orders are gonna be happening like the next day what ended up happening, and obviously, after the showcase, everyone's pumped up. It's like, oh, I can't wait to get a PlayStation. I want to get it. I can't wait so much. After the price is finally announced, five hundred, four ninety 399 Everyone's just excited. Out of nowhere, I think retailers started dropping their pre- uh, pre-orders. like Walmart. And how exactly? It was like Walmart. I was like, oh, pre-orders are now open. Go. And then other retailers, such as Best Buy, GameStop, Amazon, is like, wait, no, your pre-orders are open. We're, pre- we're open, too. And you spent this entire day or, like, the entire rest of that day, just scrambling, can you get a pre-order? Can you get a Didn't pre-order?
2: some people put their pre-orders on sale? I I can't, I don't know if it's for PS5 or Xbox, but I heard something along the lines of some places had sales on their pre-orders, which is crazy. No, I haven't heard I don't, that, actually. I, well, one second, let me look at, let me fact check that real quick. Uh, I'll, I, 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 you know,
0: I'll continue on then. Um, so, yeah, that initially happened, and then it got, it was essentially hectic, but What initially happened later then was Microsoft saw that and like okay, they they obviously it's like a competition between Microsoft and Sony to see oh how we're handling it. Microsoft saw this as an opportunity. It's like uh, where it's like hey I heard the PlayStation Five pre-order was kind of a mess. We're gonna tell you how to get the how to get the Xbox Series X how to get pre-order. We will tell you the exact date, the exact time, and where to get it. So it was incredibly organized. What ended up happening was. When that pre-order date dropped, which I think was really the, the time this recording was earlier this week, it was immediately sold out. Bots and scalpers took immediately, uh, took took reins. And I think most stores didn't even say they had it. I think Best Buy still didn't even have it on uh, available to where most retailers weren't really prepped for it, even though Microsoft kept claiming it was so they were preparation for it. It was organized. And there was some people who even went up to the actual stores to pre-order, and each place only had like, I think eight pre-orders in stock when they had a line of like a hundred people in a pandemic, mind you. But like it, all in all, every type of pre-order and or sales for anything happening right now was a complete mess. And what has resulted in that is that if you go on eBay, you will see nothing but pre-order sales for like receipts. Like you get guaranteed pre-order for like, I think twice the amount <laughs> of what it's being sold for. Like a PlayStation pre order is being sold for around a 1000 to 1100 Same for a Series X. A Series X going for like 700 And even for like the 3D Mario All Star game was being sold for like around $90. Like it was originally 60 Oh my God. And it's just
1: terrible because I feel like
0: it's one these of those
1: things you just like, you know, you can't avoid really with like the modern age, you know, with, with like the way that people can abuse
0: like the internet. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it, though, like in this degree, though. Like, I don't, I I can't speak from experience since I've really considered getting a console day one, per se. But Mm. I've just never seen like such a, so much hectic aspects in every single company.
2: I think, uh, so to real quick to fact check what I was saying before. I believe uh, I just did a little research. Amazon had some sort of deal. It wasn't like the console was on sale, but it was like a uh, w- deal with the purchase or something. Mm. Um, but uh, I think the problem with it is you know, a combination of COVID-19. So everyone has to order online. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't go into a physical store and make a physical pre-order. Um, uh, and, you know, shit, you know, being able to, and the problem with that is being able to ship stuff to stores. So stores can't get as much shipping because of COVID-19, but also, uh, you know, we live in the modern day and technology and programming has advanced a lot. And there are many websites where you can just go and buy a bot to do this stuff. You know, you, it's, you know, we, even just a few years ago, you couldn't just buy a bot. You maybe had to program the bot yourself. So the only, the only person who could really do this, like bot scalping, um, uh, with someone who is a programmer with someone who is very skilled at programming, but there are people now who just sell them online. You know, mm-hmm. they, 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 there are websites you can go to where you can just buy a bot to do this for you. And I think that's aiding with the problem as well. Uh, just to give some context there.
0: No, it's, I, I think you're very much right. And I think it's definitely affecting who's going to be available to actually get this market. Um, and it, it's just, it's, it's just kind of disheartening. And I think, and I know both companies have addressed that. Uh, I think Nintendo's has been silent on this, but I know every other company has been able to address of their sorry, which I think is rare for a company to do. Apologize for one, and just claims that there will be more in stock with the coming with the coming of the release date. So I think for pre-orders, I'm glad I, I I'm a bit disappointed on pre-orders. It feels like a release date. I can understand that because that's like actual stock. But for a pre-order, I feel like a pre-order would just give you give it would be
2: nothing but a good indication on how much you need to get produced per se. I mean, and me personally, less for consoles in general, but more for anything, I guess. Specifically, games, but more for anything. I'm always, I've always been anti pre-order. Um, mm-hmm. I've always been anti pre-order for games. Um, I very, very, very rarely pre-order games. I mean, would you um, pre-order?
0: Let's go in the context of would you pre-order con- a console?
2: I if okay, so um, that depends. <laughs> that depends, uh, monetarily, I guess. Um, yes. If I didn't already have a PC, maybe, maybe that's, uh, if, you know, if I had the money for it and I knew I was going to get it, um, I probably would, but I, I'm still a relatively patient person and relatively frugal. So I'd probably just, you know, cause who knows, you know, I, I remembered the, red ring of death on the original xbox 360s why be why yeah. be the first person to uh buy a, an xbox series x or a ps5 and then have all of the first ones that come out have some big issue that is my and,
0: biggest fear about yeah. this generation where it's like it's everything is so powerful okay where where's the practicality issue what if there's
2: happening? what if there's a uh you know uh you know, an electrical component here that isn't soldered right on all of the first wave. And then, oh my God. boom, something short circuits. And then, you know, obviously, if something like that happens, they would replace it for you. But that would just make you wait longer, you know, than if you yeah. waited, you know, if you potentially waited for, you know, stuff to blow over. And it would cause just personal hassle for you. I don't know. I'm generally anti-preorder, to be honest, on mo- on most things.
0: Okay. Um. All right. I think we're going to have a lot of us. We've been here for a while. <laughs> yeah. Let's end it on like one solid question for everyone. Um, What, for this next generation, what is your go-to console? Is it our company? Is it Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft,
2: or are you just sticking to PC? I'll start with you, Max, since you've been uh, very vocal. (laughs) I'm probably going to be sticking with my PC. I mean, you know, me and and Taylor have talked about how, you know, because we have, uh, because Game Pass is also available on PC, right? I mean, uh, if I were to get a secondary console, it would, it would probably be maybe the upgraded switch because uh, you know, I'm probably not going to get upgraded switch and I'm probably not going to get a PS five because you know, I, you know, I don't personally have the money for that. I'd much rather uh, save it for more life important things. Right. Um, But uh, I'm probably sticking with PC. I'll say, although I'm excited to see the uh, exclusives on both ends, to be honest.
0: Awesome. Uh, I guess I guess I go next. Uh, I'm definitely sticking to PlayStation. I've just been enticed by so much that exclusives that I want because I'm a big fan of storytelling games. I'm willing to kind of drop the price point. I am, if I can get aside the fears of being like the day one guinea pig, I feel fine. Although I think I'm very. This is the this has been the most difficult decision for me because I feel like there's some ends that Microsoft is definitely winning. But if I if I had to pick a secondary console, I would technically also pick PC because I want to get into that landscape a little bit more, and I feel like that'd be a good middle ground for both PC and uh, Xbox since they're no longer claim, claiming to try to go for be exclusive. And plus, I always have my Switch. That is my child. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about you, Jacob?
1: Yeah, I think uh you know being the the huge Nintendo <coughs> simp I am, uh there's really <laughs> no no avoiding continuing with. You know, that is my primary system. Plus, like, I don't really game that much these days. And when I do game, it's, like, multiplayer things. I, like, I want to play games with, like, my friends. So I'm going to be mostly playing my Switch. And then uh, I recently got a PC. So, you know, goofing off on there, playing, like, Mordhau or whatever. Mordhau 2. <laughs> hey.
0: What about you, Taylor? Last but not
1: least.
3: <laughs> I mean, I'll stick with my PC. It has all the games that I want to play. I think if I had to choose between Xbox or PlayStation, probably Xbox, but I don't think what? I'll actually, yeah, but I don't think I'll actually, well, and, and it's because of Fable and, and Psychonauts, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure, I, Psychonauts I'm pretty sure is not going to be a console exclusive. I, I don't know about Fable. And if it was like a console exclusive, I will never be able to play it anywhere else that would be the thing to make me buy it. Also, and I think a lot of people are kind of like me. When we moved into our house, we got rid of our TVs. We're just like, we don't need to bring a huge TV into the Mm. house. So I, you know, that whole like living room play the console thing is just like not a thing that exists in my household. Yeah, we could hook it up to our big computer monitors, but I mean, I don't know. I've that's what <laughs> that's what my computer is for.
0: Interesting. Well, I want to say thank you guys all for being part of this podcast. This is definitely very enlightening. I definitely thought it was gonna be one or the other, but I I think PC was something I did not expect at all. <laughs> wow. <laughs> PC
1: never dies. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, all right. Um thank
2: uh thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Max, for uh, joining me. Thank in this you so episode. much. Yeah, no, thanks yeah. for having me on, man.
1: It was it was great to return to this.
2: Yeah, and it was great to I know you mentioned that we're alumni. It's great to see you and Taylor again. I haven't seen you know seen or talked to you guys in a while, so it was really nice to catch up. Oh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely. If you we'll definitely have you back
0: if we if we have anything special coming up. But again, all right. Uh, This has been uh, the library, the log in, audio out podcast. Hope everyone has a good day, good night.
1: (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.